Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our second episode of the Secure Chat Podcast. My name is Corey. I'll be joined again by my colleague, Sean. So last month, we talked about data breaches, what kind of damage they can cause your organization, and how you can protect your data assets from these attacks. There were a lot of serious topics brought up, both at a user level and corporate level scale. This month, we're going to take a closer look at one of the most prevalent data risks, social media. As of this year, the top social media platforms include Facebook with over 2 billion users, YouTube with 1.9 billion users, and Instagram with 1 billion users. Some other topical media platforms include Snapchat, Twitter, and LinkedIn, which is geared towards the more professional and business platform. If you've shared a status update on Facebook this morning, posted images on your Instagram feed, or updated your information on LinkedIn recently, your personal information and company information is at risk. You may be wondering why that Instagram post could cause a breach of security for your company, but don't worry, we're here to explain that for you. While there are over 3.4 billion social media users worldwide today, many are unaware of the safety concerns that security experts have over the widespread distribution of personal information. The seemingly harmless information such as your birthday, where you live, where you work, family members, and images could be just what cyber criminals are looking for. So, on today's episode, we hope to shed light on the risk of social media, how hackers are stealing data, and what you can do to keep your information safe. Let's start by talking about how your personal social media accounts are a security risk to you. What should individuals be concerned about when using social media? I think the simplest answer for that is just going to be the lack of hardened security and oversharing on platforms. Corey, if somebody came up to you on the street and asked you for your mother's maiden name, the first street you grew up on, your first pet's name, and the first make and model of your car, What would you say to that person? I probably wouldn't share that information with him. Bingo. So that information can easily be leveraged against you just because that's the common questions that people use as their security questions for password resets for different banking information and just a various number of accounts. So I just want to lay out a scenario for you in that sense. So on Facebook, I would assume that most people are friends with their mom. You know, how could you not be friends with your mom on Facebook, right? It's just got to be part of it. So with that, If I looked at your friends list, I could search your last name, see what family members you have. I'd probably find your mom through that, whether it's an aunt or a mom. Either way, what I've seen with a lot of middle-aged women that have their Facebook that was created after they'd already been married, they create their Facebook with their maiden name in the account. So right there, just by looking at your friends list, I know your mom's maiden name. Property records are public. So through a number of different tools that you can find just through Googling, you can find out where someone lived at a relevant time frame. So in that, if I now know your mom's name, I can look up where you lived, maybe around the time when you were four or five years old, because on Facebook, your birthday is also there. So from there, I can grab where you first grew up on in the street name. Then through a couple different posts, you know whether it's a throwback Thursday or a flashback Friday, I can see that you posted your first car that you got or because you bought a new one, you had to trade in your old one. I could see that first pet you got you know when it was a puppy. And through that, I can grab kind of the information for a couple other security questions. 
And I just hope this paints a picture that it's very easy within 10 to 15 minutes, someone can grab some pretty valuable information that could be relevant to your security settings. And this is all public facing information if you don't have your security settings hardened. So what's the difference between sharing this stuff on Facebook versus telling some random guy that comes up to you on the street? Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, a lot of people believe that they can just kind of hide with the crowd and, and that hackers won't come to them uh, because, you know, why would they care about their profile? They're not like high profile people, you know, anything like that. But uh, uh, I think something that's valuable to think about is even like links that were floating around on Facebook about a year ago where they were saying, you know, take this test and you can see what character from The Office you are or what character from Game of Thrones you are. And you'd click into this link and it would tell you or it ask ask you, you know, what street did you grow up on? What was your what was your dog's first name? You know, just kind of common security questions. And then at the end of the survey, it would give you a character that you were. Um, what people didn't realize at the time is that what you were doing is just answering security questions and that information would be going to hackers that then could use that to try to compromise your accounts. Correct. So with that, um, you have a lot of different items about why why would anyone think about Facebook and like how long could Facebook keep your information for? How long do they really store it in their servers? Because I know my Facebook account is 10 years old, so why on earth would they keep data on me from 10 years ago? So I think there's a, what's important for people to know is there's a feature within Facebook that you can download your profile information. Facebook moves it around from time to time, so it's good to give it a good Google search to find out where that exact setting is. But I did that as we were doing research for this. I downloaded the profile for my Facebook, and it was astounding with how much data they had on me over the course of the last 10 years. It was every picture I've uploaded, every photo I've been tagged in, every status I made, every status I've liked or comment I've liked. It was a plethora of information that was just readily available within five minutes for me to say, yeah, I want to download this. And that's got to make you think that, okay, if I can just download this right away, clearly it's accessible on their servers right away. So what exactly are they doing with all that data? Yeah, and I think it's a good exercise for everyone to do that because I as well downloaded my information and it gave me pretty much everything I did on Facebook for the past 10 years. I um, mean, it only takes about 10 minutes to do um, because, and it's good to do because a lot of people think of all your information being out there as kind of like in theory or just an idea, but this gives you like a concrete idea of what is actually out there and is and you can sift through the data and see if there is there anything on there that's personal that could compromise my accounts that could you know cause negative impacts into my life and I, I think that ties in into the Cambridge the Cambridge uh, Analytica stuff really well Sean would you mind expanding on what that was sure so the Cambridge Analytica uh, that was pretty much just a giant buzzword that was in the news around 2018 with that uh, I was discovered that Facebook was selling people's personal information and the data that was mined from their accounts. <clears throat> and that data was then used in a process that helped swing the presidential election. It was, uh, whether it was swaying voters, targeting political ads, uh, it was used in a way that helped affect the outcome of presidential candidacies. And I think with that, there's kind of the tip of the iceberg in the sense that this was discovered on one of the most profound events in American history, you know, through just presidential elections are always seen as a very big topic uh, as, as you go throughout the calendar year. So if they found that they were selling data for this, what's to stop a smaller company, you know, whether it's even just a fast food chain from buying the data of people in a specific area that all like a specific sauce for a burger? or 
from you know, different food chains that say, oh, well, you know, what do we think is the, the most sought after flavor of wings? So they, they buy the data of people who liked different sauces or whatever. Uh, it could be something as simple as that in the sense that this data that we thought was just our own personal private profile is now being used against us for other corporate gain. Yeah, and uh, have you noticed with Instagram and Facebook in specific, uh, you'll be having like a conversation with your friend and you'll bring up, you know, a company or some type of topic and then you'll go surf, surf Instagram later and you will see the ad for that pop up in your feed. Oh, absolutely. And I think that everybody sort of experienced that in a certain sense of, you know, whether they're just talking about something or even if they were just searching for something on their phone and then three days later, that's all they see ads for, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, it's, it's a very real item that happens where people are targeted with ads based on what they're talking about, what they're searching for, what their interests are, uh, and people should be outraged by this. Yeah, and it's a, we're in a really unique time where we've never seen uh, ads targeted uh, at people specifically. Um, we've never been in a time where all of your information is pretty much public and your microphone is open. Uh, to the platform at all times due to the terms and conditions that you accept when you create the profile. Um, so I think it's really good for everyone to kind of take a step back and think about that of, uh, you know, what do they want to be out there? And um, even from an in theory sense that Facebook is really only using this to get better ads for you, but to get better ads for you, there is a massive uh, loss of privacy. Oh, absolutely. And there's some people that like to think that, oh, well, you know, I, I have nothing to hide. You know, I don't care. You know, the, the ads help me. I can find my stuff. You know, I'm shopping better, you know, all that all that junk. But at the same time, then, the same person says, oh, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I have nothing to hide. You get at the same person, well, you have nothing to hide. Just give me all your passwords. Give me your passwords so then anyone can log in and do that. And obviously, everyone's going to be defensive about that because it's your stuff. And... I think that if people thought about that in more of a real world sense of, hey, this is my information, like, yeah, even though this is a public platform, like, I should be entitled to say, like, no, I don't want this to, you know, be something that everyone sees, and I don't want to be tracked for that. But as of right now, because social media itself is kind of new in the grand scheme of things, that they're they're going through a lot of different limitations with laws and stuff, and it's it's scary, and people need to be aware of that. And to tie into that, Corey, what would you what advice we give to people in order to try and better protect their social media profiles? Uh, I'd start with just making everything private. You know, <clears throat> only people that can follow you or people that are friends with you can see uh, the data that you're putting out there. Uh, that way, um, you really get to restrict. You know, who's seeing it. That way, not everyone sees it. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's another thing for people to do, it would be a good idea once every six months or so just to go in and just make sure that those privacy settings weren't changed, um, whether it's through a different update or things like that. Because uh, I know in the past I've seen where I know that I have my profile set to everything's private, but then six months later I go in and you know a couple of things are now public to, to different groups of people. And I think it's just different ways that Facebook's trying to make sure people are on top of it because I would say 95% of people aren't going to be on top of their security profile settings. It's a set and forget in their minds. And there's even different contact information for your profile, whether it's your email address you sign up for or your cell phone number. There's things that are still public facing that you have to go in and manually say, no, only I should be able to see this. 
um, as opposed to my entire friends list. Yeah, and, and uh, I think it's good for people to understand that even if you set these security settings onto uh, your profiles, there are services uh, that can go past that. So there are some companies that when they research you uh, when it comes time to hire you, um, they've purchased a service where they can get around the privacy settings that you have on your profiles and really um, see what you're posting and who you are. So it's good that even if you keep things private to keep in mind that you do not want to be putting uh, negative things out there or things that could hurt you in the future. Exactly. It's Generally, I would, I would say that if you're going to post something, you should be comfortable with that status being put on your boss's desk um, in the sense that you know it's not going to have any type of uh, imagery or any type of words that could be misinterpreted. And it's important to use Facebook as, yes, it is a public platform. You share your friends, you know, you catch up with people, stay in touch. But you do need to keep in mind that there is a possibility that if you're going through a hiring process that you could be screened for that. And I know that a lot of a lot of my friends that are coming out of college trying to get in jobs, like it was people were kind of scared for stuff that they had that were just floating on their social medias. There's a lot of people that went through the scrubs trying to delete their items. But sometimes it, once it's there, it's there. It's it's the internet. It's it's on someone else's server and it's always gonna be there. Yeah, and, and uh, social media is making things easier to connect the dots. You know, some of the uh, social media posts that get me is when a you know full family will go on vacation and they'll be at the airport and they'll be, you know they'll say can't wait for this vacation for the next five days. And once you've posted that, you've told every one of your friends. And if your profile is public, you've told everybody essentially that has an account on that platform that you are going to be gone for the next five days. Um, and I think there was a good website called Please Rob Me. I mean, I wouldn't say it was good, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, we, we get that. But, yeah, go on with that. Yeah, and there's a website uh, called Please Rob Me that kind of aggregated all of that information and would drop pens down on a map to show that, you know, this person lives here, but they just posted that, that, they've been, that they're going to be gone for the next five days. Um, would you be able to go into a little bit more detail of what that is? Sure. So with Please Rob Me and a, a few other sites, Generally, a lot of terms that are heard is data mining, uh, data harvesting, um, some kind of buzzwords that are thrown around the news. But essentially, all it is is just users, bots that scour the internet for public-facing profiles and they compile data on a person. They they build their own profile. So just like Facebook is a profile of you, they're building their own profile based on public records where they can find out where you live, what your cell phone number is. Uh, you know, from your Facebook profiles or Twitters, they can see where you're checking in. So what restaurants or bars do you go to the most on what days? Like, do you always go to this bar trivia night on a Wednesday night? And they find the repetitions and it's very easy to build out what your habits are as a person. And I think Please Rob Me was almost ahead of its time in the sense where it did put everything, you know, it drew the dots together back when there was not as many accessible forms of social media as more forums and chat boards. But you're right, it was just built out profiles based on people saying, yeah, this person posted they'll be gone for six days. Yeah, you know, Bob's on the beach drinking a margarita right now, and you know he's clearly not going to be watching his house, so it's free reign. And I think it's scary in the sense that as something as harmless as celebrating your honeymoon or a 20th anniversary or a friend's surprise birthday party out of town, posting something as simple as checking into the airport is enough of a tip-off for different cyber criminals to then put that data into hands of real criminals because it isn't always the hacker that is he himself getting his car, driving to that house and breaking in. All he's doing is just gonna be putting a list together of, hey, like, 
there's six houses in this neighborhood that are all going to be out of town on these two days. And it's just going to sort of sell it off to criminals that do break into houses so then they can just have their van, be ready in one neighborhood, and they know in two days that they're just going to have, okay, I have six houses that I can knock into, and there's not going to be anybody there to stop me. Yeah, Sean, have you ever seen the movie Home Alone? Of course I have. It's the holiday seasons. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that uh, part in the movie when they're sitting inside of the van and they're timing out when the Christmas lights for each house are going to turn on, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a more complex version of that. Pretty much exactly what it comes down to. It's just they, they know every move, they know when their windows are, and that's essentially what, what these people have when you're oversharing on public platforms like that. Yeah, so uh, we've talked about kind of how that can affect you on a personal basis, uh, but what about how can that personal information in turn affect the company you work for? So I think there's a couple different ways that social media does come back and fall onto a company. Uh, one thing that I stress to users a lot, and I know that you and I both work with, with users on the phone, and we're sort of the front-facing people with that, is that people do like to, on their computer at work, just, you know, whether they're eating lunch, like go on Facebook or Twitter um, or Netflix, they check their banking. They, they think that their work computer is theirs. And in a sense, it, it makes sense. Where you're sitting there, it's, it's your computer, you've had it for two years, you've been working on it every day, you take it home with you, it does feel like your property. But what people forget is it, it's the company's property at the end of the day. So with that, any tier one technician at most of these companies has the ability to reset passwords. So all it takes is for them to fire you out of nowhere, take your laptop, reset the password and log in as you. And if you have all your bank account information saved, your Facebook information, your Google account, anything, all it takes is one semi-sketchy IT guy to take all the information, sell it off for personal gain. And yes, that is sketchy. That's you know the IT guy for that. If he does do that, that should be a recommendation. There's horrible consequences of that. However, if you're saving your personal information on company property, that is a situation that is 100% avoidable. Yeah, and the chances of a sketchy IT guy like Sean going into your computer and stealing all this information is pretty low. But I think another thing that people should think about is even the uh, posts that uh, you put out on social media can affect the reputation of the company, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just think about a, like a salesman um, who's about to close this huge deal for a company. And, you know, you have a couple people on your team, you're working real hard to close a sale. And all of a sudden, another one of your team members who's on these email threads, they decide to look up their profile on Facebook and they're public facing it. You know, the client who's potentially going to sign on with you sees a bunch of stuff that's just questionable at best. So they, they decide to rethink who they're doing business with. So something as simple as your personal ideology and what you post on your Facebook could swing and you know break a entire contract for a company, which at the end of the day hits the bottom line and hurts financials for everybody across the company. Yeah, and one thing I've seen happen in the past year, um, or kind of mature in the past year, is how hackers are going about phishing attempts. Um, they've been able to see public-facing LinkedIn's, uh, public-facing Facebook's, and get information about the company and the workers that are at the company. And they kind of sit on that for a while, get to know the company, and then when they go do a phishing attack, it's more of a personalized phishing attack. Right, yeah, and we, we definitely touched on that last episode and the difference between phishing versus spear phishing, where phishing is just a general email blast trying to see, you know, cast that wide net, get who we can. But with spear phishing now, it's become so much easier because through LinkedIn, I can go through and see, all right, I, I see the escalation managers. I see who works in the IT department. So Corey, as an IT guy, 
you're on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm browsing just the company as a whole. And I see that you're a service desk analyst. Generally, that means that you're one of the people dealing with password resets, the frontline support. So all I know that I need to do is make sure that my spear phishing email looks like it's coming from you. Because you're in the company, people trust you, they see that wonderful face of yours. So from there, people just think, oh, it's from Corey. So sure, I'll open this, I'll click this link to reset my password. And that's where it gets tricky because it's no longer these very generic phishing emails. It's a very targeted approach where they're using actual information based on the company. So it becomes a, a entirely different level of that. And there are a few other examples of using social media on company property that's harmful. So do, do you want to go into that? Yeah. Um the phishing attempts can have much bigger of a ripple effect if you have your account passwords all the same. You know, if you use the same password for your uh, corporate account as you do for like a personal Facebook profile, um, once a hacker gets one password, they're going to go through and try every platform they can with that one password. And if you have uh, the same password for multiple platforms and you just gave that hacker access to basically your whole life. Phenomenal point. Because in a sense, a lot of people have the same password they use for a lot of their social media accounts. Some people use it for the bank accounts as well. So instead of a hacker trying to crack through all the security points that a company has, why not just try and hack into their Facebook? They just send you a random quiz or a message to see if they can get that. And they could start brute forcing that account and see if they can get in. And from there, you have your point of entry. Um, so the, the password security is a very, very important point with that in the sense that it, anything you use that has any type of public facing information, social media, any type of like forum boards, like a Pinterest, stuff like that, it should have a different password than anything you use for very important information accounts, which in my mind, I would include your work accounts, uh, any type of financial stuff. So banking, credit cards, um, loan repayments, things like that. That should all have specific unique passwords and that's where even something like a password manager comes in. Uh, Corey, have you ever used a password manager before? Uh, the password manager I've used most often is KeePass. KeePass. I know I've used LastPass a lot. Um, do you want to go ahead and just explain the general idea behind a password manager? Yeah, a password manager is just a secure location for you to keep passwords to all things and just easily manage them. Yep. And I know a couple, they also offer uh, random generated passwords. So they almost make a hash for you where it's like some 30 character password where even you don't know. But what you do is you recognize the site of what you're using. So then you can just copy and paste that. Uh, you know, the trick behind that is make sure that you have a very secure password on your password manager, which could be kind of a, a tricky issue if someone uses weak passwords. But what we've seen with a lot of companies, they crack down a lot on the password security. And if you aren't sure what your password security policies are for your company, always feel free to reach out to your IT people and figure out what that is because it's important to have strict and strong passwords. Yeah, and uh, Sean, we've all started new jobs before and, and part of the new job process is someone you know from the HR department just saying, don't go on Facebook, don't go on Twitter from your corporate uh, computer. Mm -hmm. um, but not many people know how that can actually affect the stability of a company. Could you kind of elaborate on how going onto Facebook or onto Twitter from your corporate computer can affect the company as a whole? Sure. So some small examples like that, uh, beyond the password issues we've seen, beyond just the potentially spreading viruses, is that when you check into specific locations, um, you're checking to work, your locations are tracked through a lot of these apps. Um, so with that, you see that your public-facing IP could potentially be seen 
from if you're on Facebook or Twitter. And a public IP can then be targeted and attacked uh, through remote users. So uh, it's, it's a broad type of attack in that sense of what they could do with it. But just exposing where you are, like where you're working, where you're logged in from, it does open yourself, not only yourself, but your company up to different attacks. Yeah, and that's a good point. And uh, it seems like by going on Facebook or Twitter on uh, your corporate computer, it gives hackers one point of entry. It tells them this is like an area that can be hacked because it looks like these users are a bit lazy with how they go about things. Exactly. And what we've seen in the past is that all hackers need is one point of entry. Um, you just need to make one mistake, and that's all it takes to potentially cause a full-on data breach like we covered last week. Yeah, nobody wants that at all. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we've covered kind of uh, social media and how that can personally affect you and how it can also affect your company. Um, is there anything else you'd like to touch on between the company or personal data? Uh, I Maybe just crossing over just between how companies now have social media profiles that are public-facing and um, that's how they reach out to their client base, their users, their fans, whatever the company is. It just seems that every company has a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that, you know, that, that fun stuff. Yeah, and those are public-facing as well as a very good way for hackers to go through and just get general information, see how the hierarchy is set up and then see if they can find a weak point within that hierarchy. Exactly, and even something as simple as just like a, a company Christmas party uh, where they see a group of four people, you know, it's posted on the company page. Generally, you're safe to assume if four people are hanging out at a company party and they're in a picture together, they're probably friends. So maybe then you can use that friendship between those four people to, you know, cross like where, where certain accounts and different groups interact with each other uh, because all you have to do is find their LinkedIn, or sometimes even we've seen on Instagram where they tag the personal accounts um, on the company. So it's the company posting this picture of everybody and they tag everyone's individual personal accounts. That's a whole new avenue of information where people can then go and see what these people who work for the company actually live and do outside of their job. Yeah, and uh, we've thrown a lot of specific examples at you guys, but the, the main point we're trying to get across to you is that each user has a personal responsibility to make sure what they're putting out there is appropriate, um, it doesn't damage the company, and that they're being responsible with what they're doing. Exactly. It's Social media is not going anywhere. It's It's been probably one of the biggest booms of industries. You know, it, It's just been massive. I think Facebook was created in 2004, um, so we're looking at just 15 years and how massive this industry is now. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. The companies are going to have to learn how to adapt with it and how to harden their security parameters within a company on it, whether it's blacklisting different uh, URLs or filtering out different social media aspects on a company level. There's a lot of different ways to go about it, but it's also in that sense of trying to make sure you don't alienate all of your users in that sense. It's a very fine line that IT has to walk between you know, making sure everyone's secure, people are handling items right, and then not being the one department that absolutely everybody hates. Yeah, no, you do not want to be hated as an <laughs> yeah. IT employee. But yeah, so it seems like, you know, social media is maturing day by day, and there's just the responsibility of the user to mature with it. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to. Just at the end of the day, if you don't want your boss seeing it, you probably shouldn't post it online either. Perfect. Well, I think that wraps up this month's uh, episode of the Secure Chat podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening in. Um, if you liked what you see, heard, <laughs> please go and uh, subscribe to the podcast. We'll see all of you guys next month.